Today's podcast is brought to you by the engagedinvestor.ca, helping you find and present to joint venture partners. Get your free video training right now at engagedinvestor.ca forward slash breakthrough. Hi, this is Dion Baig from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada. And much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888-684-8326. To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing, check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough Podcast, where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy. Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, episode 41. Welcome to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We put this show together to inspire you and help you break through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. My name is Rob Brake, and here with me again, Handy Sandy McKay. Hey Rob, uh, how's it going tonight? Very good, man. Very good. This was an awesome episode that we just had. We had three guests on this episode three for the price of one yeah and we didn't uh there wasn't any talking over each other or anything like that we were all very professional i was surprised <laughs> yeah you know it was great it was really really awesome uh three uh lovely women yeah and uh all of them very knowledgeable in their respective fields and they came together jillian irving Monica Jasik and Rachel Oliver, they come together to form a group called the Mothers of Real Estate, and we uh, did an interview with them. It was great, and it's coming up. But first, we want to encourage everyone to go over to our website, BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca, and get our free gift, the seven freedom activators that you can trigger in your property starting right now. It is a report that everyone knows everyone knows what it is sandy but like half the listeners haven't gone and gotten it yet this i don't is, know you gotta take some, action in this business i don't know what they're waiting on no i don't know either this is some free actionable knowledge that they can get to uh stop those 4 a.m tenant toilet issues <laughs> exactly so why wouldn't you do it just go over there and get it breakthroughreipodcast.ca sandy wrote this report too like he didn't just sit up and do it for nothing Go over and get it now. And we're, of course, looking for some more reviews on iTunes. We'd always appreciate that if you can go on there, leave us a five-star review. Say a few words, too. I mean, it's great to just click the button and throw a few stars up. Yet We'd love it if you could leave us uh, some words. What do, you, what do you think about the show? What do you love? Even if it's something... Um, you know, something you're looking for on the show, anything like that would be really helpful. Uh, it also really helps us get this to a wider audience, so... If you can go on there and do that, that would be fantastic. We'd love it. I thought you were going to say, even if it's something you don't like. <laughs> well, you know, if it's something small you don't like, maybe. Yeah, I don't mind hearing if they don't like it. They probably don't like this intro. We won't delete it. We certainly won't. I'll read everything. But uh, what else do we have? Do we have anything else? 
I mean, really, we've gotten mostly five star reviews. There was a couple of people that said we babble on too much, which is what I think we're doing right now. But uh, <laughs> um, I'm just actually trying to get some more of those reviews. I just wanted to read. If there's any more new ones, I'm going to read them. Just it's only going to take a minute. It's coming up right now. Um, is there anything? What What have you been up to, Sandy? Uh, personally, uh, as far as real estate goes, we're no. I don't want to know about real estate personally. Oh, personally, nothing. <laughs> Nothing. You don't have time for personal life. No, no personal stuff. Yeah. Oh, well, you're go you were just telling me you're going to go away on a vacation. We might go on a vacation, yeah. <laughs> we might. If anyone's got any tips, you can leave those in the reviews or something or shoot me an email. <laughs> yeah, there you go. If you have any suggestions, I told you we just got back from Cancun a couple of days ago, and I recommend going there. It's awesome. And I know you, you said you've been there before. We have. It was about 10 years ago. You know what? Actually, in all seriousness, I would really actually love if someone commented or said anything uh, on somewhere cool you've went recently. I mean, this real estate's got to pay for something, right? It, it's, it, we're not just doing this for no reason. So if you've got a cool destination or something I should check out, then I'd love to hear it. Is there any way that you can turn it into a business expense? Yes, actually. Yeah? I've, I, I, well, I figured out a way how to do it. Not, You're it just going to keep it under wraps for now, though. It doesn't work for every location. No. Does it work for Cancun? Uh, I think actually yes, I think it would. You're gonna buy some property down there, invest in a timeshare. You know what? I, I don't know if, but there, I, I do have a trick because if I can go teach something at a Keller Williams office, then I can write it all off. <laughs> oh okay. Well, but we have to have an office somewhere. I don't know if we have. I think we have a Cancun, but I don't know. Well, I mean, hey, if you can, then that's going there to work. Seriously, yeah. That okay. way, I don't and that way, I don't have to come up with like a hundred grand or something more than that to buy something. <laughs> Oh, we got a new one. We have one new review, so I'm going to read it to you guys. Okay, this is from Glenn Perry, and he says, Love it. And he gave us five stars, Sandy. I am a university student living in Victoria, BC. I have learned a ton from this podcast. It is really shaping my views on real estate, and I am sure it will serve me well in the future. Thanks for putting it together. You guys are great. That is awesome. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, keep them coming, guys. Uh, really appreciate all these reviews. We've had a few new ones recently, so it's uh, really, I really appreciate it all. Thank you. Again, we're, our interview coming up is with the Mothers of Real Estate, or MORE, for the acronym. It's, it's really informative interview, and here it is. So tonight should be fun. We have not one and not two, but three guests joining us uh, tonight. This is a little bit different. We've never had so many people. We'll see if we can uh, sit, keep Sandy quiet so that the other people have a chance to talk. But our guests tonight are Jillian Irving, Monica Jazik, and Rachel Oliver. And together they have formed more, the Mothers of Real Estate. Uh, together in a few short years, collectively, they've put together over $100 million in real estate deals across Ontario. At the same time, they're all busy and devoted moms who've had to overcome unique personal challenges and uh, some major setbacks. In fact, that is what drove them to become real estate investors. So they've done all that while balancing kids, careers, family, and finances. Their mission is to educate, connect, and help moms, dads, and anyone who is interested in becoming a confident real estate investor. So welcome, all of you. Thanks, Rob. Sandy, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. And speaking of the kids now, are they all asleep? They uh, are. <laughs> I've got two asleep and two teenagers. They don't ever seem to go to sleep anymore. I often go to bed before they do. 
Yeah, but they sleep until noon. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my kids are asleep. That's why, well, I guess this works out good for all of us. Sandy's the only one without kids, but we always do the podcast right about this time of night so that my kids are asleep. So. It's perfect. Well, let's just uh, get right into it then, guys. I guess we're going to have each of you answer the questions. Why did each of you start investing in real estate and what are your individual areas of expertise? Uh, Jillian, do you want to start? Sure. Um, Well, you know, it feels like it was a long time ago now, but, um, you know, I was just really hit by that economic downturn back in 2009. I just, you know, I just remember watching my savings, my kids' RESPs vanish and I was just really overcome by this really um, strong sense of powerlessness about it. Like it was inevitable and there was really nothing that could be done about it. I just remember distinctly thinking, what is my recourse here? Who can remedy remedy this? Who do I go talk to about it? You know, and it just really struck me that some nameless, faceless CEO was in charge of my financial future. And that just made me feel so profoundly uncomfortable. So you know, look, I, I think a lot of people think about their financial futures. And, you know, I'm not really any different from anyone else in that respect, except for the fact that, you know, one of my four children has a pretty serious disability. And that disability will in all likelihood, significantly um, affect his ability to support himself financially when he's older. I mean, we're a family of six, and we're a really close family. And of course, we're all going to care for one another no matter what. But, you know, my husband and I wanted to create a financial plan that would relieve my other three kids from having this huge financial responsibility for caring for their brother. So, you know, we really faced with that, we really sat down and got determined to change how we looked at our finances and our investments in particular. Um, and, you know, real estate really emerged as an answer for us because it just ticked so many of the boxes that we were looking for with our particular situation. If properly selected and we had the right strategy, then we just knew that real estate would provide sort of steady growth over time by way of mortgage pay down as well as appreciation, but also would give us cash in our pockets each and every month by way of cash flow. So that's why we as a family started investing in real estate. It really does seem like a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just look. I mean, it always seems to make total sense, but you know, getting from thinking it and doing it are totally different. But yeah, I mean, it just made sense for us, and we really actively pursued it, and it's doing exactly what we hoped it would do as well. So it's great. It's been great. I loved listening to the conversations where I used to work about real estate investing being too risky, and I would just listen. You know, there's no point in trying to turn people that have their minds made up. But that was always fun listening to, oh, real estate investing, that's just too risky. You know what? It's interesting that you should say that about risk because, you know, one day it actually dawned on me that it was riskier to do nothing, like in terms of what I needed to accomplish. It was actually riskier for my financial future to keep doing what I was doing than to do anything else. So risk really changed for me in that instant when I realized that by maintaining the status quo by doing what I was doing was actually the riskiest thing of all. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, real estate really changed my thinking that way and about risk as well. Well, sometimes actually doing nothing is probably the biggest risk. Yeah, that's what I mean. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Money in the bank isn't really appreciating as well as real estate in any aspect. Um, Okay. So who, uh, who are we doing next? Monica, do you want to go next? 
Sure, sure. Well, our story basically starts many moons ago, um, over 12 years ago, where basically we decided to make, we made a big decision to become a one-income family. Uh, we made this decision after we had our, our first son. And um, I just realized working full-time and just isn't for me. It was very difficult to balance both. So we always decided to try to get back by on, on one income which was a great on-paper idea, I guess, but try doing it. It's a totally different story. I think a lot of families uh, today experience how it really is important to kind of have two incomes and how dependent people really are of, of being a two-income family, especially to get by in, in the GTA. So we did it, and we've had more children. We have four children now. And I think after child number two, it, we noticed this is becoming increasingly difficult and we were trying to be financially responsible, do what I call the government hamster wheel is saving our little money that we had left over. And like Jillian, we were putting it, you know, in, in just RESPs and RRSPs, but they were minimum returns, if not negative. And it's, it's pretty disparaging when you, first of all, somehow find the money to invest and then you, it's, you're losing it. And we didn't know what else to do, but we knew there had to be another way. And we were always reading about real estate. We knew it was something we had to do, but it just never really kind of felt achievable. And so finally, um, we were actually able to, to buy income properties because we ended up having a consolidation mortgage which freed up some income. And, and we were able to go for it. And the reason we wanted to do that was not only to get the extra money, the passive income, so so we could actually have have something to supplement our day-to-day living, but also like the long-term cost too, because my main concern was if we're having these problems now, just getting getting by day-to-day, like how are we going to pay for these big ticket items in life? How are we going to pay for retirement? Or our main concern was actually our kids' university education. And, um, you know... It took a, like a lot of guts to do it, but like I think we did take a risk by investing, but I think it would have been riskier to continue to do what we were doing because I don't know if we'd either even be able to continue or I probably would have had to just end up going to work full-time like most other people. So, so yeah, so we're really happy we, we actually took the calculated risk and took a leap of faith and invested, and um, it's worked out really well for us. So did you have the plan before you decided to quit your job, or did you say, okay, I'm going to quit my job, now I need to find something else? Well, to tell you the truth, I was actually finishing my Master's of Teaching, and I was only 26 years old, so I was just finished six years of university, basically. So I never worked full-time. I was just ready to go as a full-time teacher, and um, I never ended up doing it. I was... I was I had this epiphany when I was actually completing my 12-week uh, practicum, and our little son was only eight months old. So that that was kind of when I had that aha moment, and and always worked part time as a teacher, but even even that just wasn't enough to make ends meet. Really, I love seeing the deals that you send out all the time. Some of them look really cool. If I wasn't the guy that's supposed to be finding deals for my people, I would probably be jumping all over some of them. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good to hear. Uh, and I'm sure we'll get into that and talk about that a little more in a little bit. And uh, Rachel, would you want to tell us a bit about how you got started in real estate investing? 
Yes, sure. So I came from a corporate background. Um, I used to work in the corporate world, 60 hour weeks, uh, upper level management, and I loved it. It was, it was great. I really enjoyed my career. And then I, I decided, my husband and I decided that we we're going to start a family. And uh, when our first daughter came along, she was about six weeks old. And of course, I was on maternity leave and enjoying uh, motherhood. And about six weeks into it, I got some unexpected news, some devastating unexpected news. And that news was that I had a very aggressive form of breast cancer. And that actually kind of spun my world upside down. And ultimately, it changed how I looked at time because when you're hit with news like that, all of a sudden you feel that you've lost control of so many things, but most importantly, time. We all have 24 hours in a day. That's consistent. But it's the perspective on how how many months, how many years, all of that was kind of going through my mind. And for the first six months of motherhood, I really lost track of time because I was running from appointment to treatment to test. And I, I just really kind of blinked and six months went by. And when the dust settled, I was kind of getting back into enjoying some of the things I missed with my daughter. And I missed a lot of firsts. So I was really eager to get back um, into mothering. And then I realized, you know, I'm six months away from going back to work and returning to that 60 hour work week and having to ask my boss for time off if my child is sick and having to, you know, get approvals on vacations. And I realized that, again, I, I don't think I have control of my time, although I loved what I did. The time thing started to really weigh down on me. And there was a kind of a big disconnect because I didn't really know much about real estate investing. I didn't have any experience in it. I, you know, I, my, my family never invested in real estate and I certainly didn't have money stashed up. And to make matters worse, I'm married probably to the most conservative man on the planet. I actually call him Mr. No. His initials are N-O and he truly is Mr. No. So when I came to him with the idea of let's look at real estate investing to replace our cash so we can free up some time. He looked at me like, of course, I was um, from a different planet. But then I kind of dragged his butt to a rich dad weekend. And that's where things kind of opened up for us. That's where my eyes opened up to the possibilities. And I think Mr. No started to see where I was headed, but I had clearer vision than he did. And that's really kind of, you know, what brought us to look at real estate investing. Did he change his name now? <laughs> No, his initials are still N-O, and his approach to real estate investing is still very much conservative, and uh, he's still very much Mr. No. However, over time, uh, we joke that he's now become uh, Mr. K-N-O-W. Ah, there, that's better. Ah, nice. <laughs> so you're all experts in different areas of real estate investing. Can you each give us the uh, top reasons why you picked the particular strategies that you did? Uh, Jolene, you want to go first again? Sure. Um, okay. Well, I my my particular strategy is student rentals, and you know, I have a really long, long list of reasons why I like student rentals. But how would I just give you my my top two to start tonight? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Good. Okay. Well, I would say that the single best thing about student rentals is the cash flow, because obviously you rent a house by the individual rooms, not by the whole house. So, by way of example. 
you know, I have a house in this college town in Ontario. It's across the street from a mid-sized college. And if I rented that house out to a single family, I don't know, we could probably get maybe $1,600 a month max, maybe $1,500 a month. But because it's a really nice house and I rent out each of the six rooms to individual students at $500 a piece, we collect $3,000 a month. So, you know, it's double the rental income for the same house just the way we rent that house is different so um, that extra rental income translates directly into improved cash flow for me it's cash in my pocket so cash flow is a really great thing about student rentals another aspect about the strategy that I really like is again because there's six rooms in one house or seven rooms in one house if you have one house and it isn't rented, well, then you have zero rental income coming in, yet you're responsible, 100% responsible for all the expenses, correct? But if you have a student rental, you know, you could have a partial vacancy, right? You could have six bedrooms, and even though it's not ideal, you could have one room that's empty or two rooms that are empty, but still you can cover that all-important mortgage payment every month. So there's this flexibility around vacancy that really gives me peace of mind at the end of the day so you can have this sort of partial vacancy issue so it's cash flow it's that Um, and I guess another really good nugget about student rentals is that we can and do ask our students to sign rental guarantees so um, really at the end of the day we have not just one but two people who are agreeing that they're going to pay rent for us each and every month so again that's a kind of safety mechanism that you don't really see in any other real estate strategy so that's what makes me love student rentals. In that circumstance that you just said, basically you could have three rooms empty, really, and, and yeah, still cover yeah. the payments. For our listeners, too, you can listen to a, a whole episode on on that with Jillian, episode number 25. Oh, great. Yes. I, yeah, it was great. <laughs> I go through all my tips and tricks in that previous episode as well, too, for how to keep it fully rented and not partially um, empty. So. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said for Airbnb and that kind of thing, but I mean, even student rentals, like Airbnb is a lot of work. If you want to rent your place out, let's say weekly or whatever on Airbnb, that's a lot of work. It takes up a lot of your time. And I know student rentals take up a lot of time too, but really when you weigh the two out beside each other, I think you could probably collect more income with your uh, student rental strategy. Than an Airbnb? Sure. Uh, you know what? I, th- I mean, it depends. And again, as you say that picking a strategy for heavy cash flow does depend on what your what kind of time you have. And, you know, Airbnb requires lots of cleaning and you have to be on it each and every few days for turnover, whereas a student rental is a one year lease, which is easier. But you're right. You might make more money on an Airbnb or just or student rental. I guess it sort of depends on the circumstances. Yeah, well, I thought I got out of the student rental thing because it was too much work for me. So I know I wouldn't be able to handle the Airbnb. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. I'm uh, I'm I, I'm not behind a computer, I guess, as much as uh, as someone who is doing the Airbnb stuff would be. But mm-hmm. no, I uh, I love the cash flow of student rentals, and that was what got me into it. And uh, you know, you can't take that away from it, regardless no. of anything else. Yeah, but it definitely work, and there are some houses that seem to run just effortlessly, right? There's just some great students who are wonderful humans who really respect homes and who take care of take care of your house like theirs and then there are others who just don't and that's the fact and so you know you really want as you if you want to go into student rentals it's really about refining your strategy so you're attracting the best tenants and not spending your time chasing after you know 
partying young adults who really don't care about your property. So it's really about, you know, getting as good as you can at selecting and screening your tenant. Mm -hmm. Monica, what about you? What's your area of expertise? Well, our strategy is buy, rent, and hold. And um, remember, our original reason for getting into real estate is to pay for those big ticket items like um, university and retirement. So I like buy, rent, and hold. If you can buy a house in the right area which that has a higher rent and a low vacancy and a lower purchase point, we got some real um, little cash cows, we like to call them. And um, they're recession-proof homes, so they're certainly not Airbnb. <laughs> when we started out in the um, in real estate, we actually did some stuff like, like that in the vacation rental market. And you're right, it's very, very um, high maintenance and a lot of work. And being behind the computer all the time is probably the understatement. So we have decided to simplify things. And we just buy, you know, cash flow positive properties that are also appreciating and just focus on mortgage paydown and have um, a plan for, for all our properties. We actually bought a property for each one of our children, and that's what's going to fund their university education. So. That is awesome. Well, how many how many kids? How many properties is that? Four. Four. That's for them. Wow. So each, each child has their own property, and, and it's just like, you know, we still have financial stress day to day. Who doesn't? You know, the cost of living today, but... We don't have to worry about our kids' university, and we don't have to worry about our retirement, which is which is huge, really. Now, I took my kids to Dairy Queen today, and one of them complained that I ate more of their the other one's ice or more of their ice cream than I did of the other one's ice cream. <laughs> so, are you? Do you think you're going to run into that problem with the properties that you've bought for your kids? Well, when we buy real estate, we buy um, models. So we buy pretty much, we don't just go out and just buy any old house. We, we buy specific areas for specific price points, and that will give specific returns. So each one of their properties is pretty much identical. I don't think we meant to do it that way at the start, but there should be no argument over these properties. I oh, hope. Oh, that's good. <laughs> That's good not. because I mean, if it can happen over ice cream, I'm sure it can happen over uh, real estate. Oh, well, they find anything to fight over. <laughs> uh, what about you, Rachel? So my focus is really on rent to owns, and the reason uh, my husband and I finally settled on the rent to own strategy was actually there's lots of them, kind of like Jillian said, <laughs> there's lots of them. But I'm gonna, um, in the interest of time, I'm gonna probably uh, share maybe three three of my favorite is ultimately we wanted to be investors, not landlords. So after we poked around and talked to different people, went to some meetups, I heard a lot of um, nightmare stories about tenants and properties needing a lot of maintenance and repairs. And remember, my goal was to free up my time, not to consume it with landlord issues. So I was looking for something that kind of got me off the hook. And then the other thing, because I was in a place of gratitude um, after having come through uh, such a major setback with my own personal health, I really wanted to do something that had meaning, that had purpose. And I didn't want to just um, invest for the sake of investing. I wanted to um, sleep 
soundly at night, but I also wanted to feel good about what I was doing. So investing with a purpose was important to me. And that's what we're doing. Rent to Own allows us to help families who can't get into home ownership because they're credit challenged. And those credit challenges might be due to them themselves having had some sort of health um, issue for themselves or their child or a loved one, or maybe a divorce or maybe a failed business and they were trying to rebuild from scratch. I mean, a lot of great people are out there that have credit challenges and they need a they need an, a helping hand so that's where the purposeful part comes in and then uh, the other aspect was that I wanted to replace my job income because it made I was very clear on the fact that I wanted to leave my full-time job so that I could spend more time with my family and enjoy the, the time that I had and take control of it so understanding how to replace my full-time income. And you have to remember, I, I was in a management position, so I had a six-figure income to replace. Some of the other strategies didn't address my need for predictable cash flow, high cash flow, and high returns. And rent own seemed to kind of tick all those boxes. On average, we're getting about five to $600 per month in net cash flow. There's no maintenance, there's no repairs in a rent-to-own arrangement. So it gave me a lot of predictability for the time that I'm investing in a rent-to-own. And it also freed up my time. So those are probably my top three reasons. And is, is it tenant first or property first or a mixture? Um, actually, we focus primarily on tenant first. Um, we, again, kind of weighed out the pros and the cons, and I'm married to Mr. No, and Mr. No felt that there was a lot um, more risk when we're dealing with property first. Property first means that a, a tenant buyer has to you know, have the right income to support the payments on that property. They have to be ready to move in when you want them to move in. They have to absolutely love the property. There's so many things that needed to align in order for it to work that we felt um, it, it was a bit too limiting. Whereas we uh, qualify the tenant buyer first, and then we go house hunting within their parameters. They get to feel what it's like to walk through different properties and get those butterflies when it's the one. And then that makes them that much more emotionally committed to the rent-to-own contracts. And uh, we, we lead with the tenant buyer first strategy. Although we've done it the other way around. We've had a few people come to us if they had a failed rent-to-own and they needed our help to find a tenant buyer we've assisted with that it just takes a little bit more time but it's totally doable now how are you dealing with the uh with appreciation being the way that it is now for the ones that you've locked down let's say two years ago and the way that things are going i mean i know there's not really much you can do besides sit back and go wow uh okay we're at uh 10 or 12 percent when what did you use uh three or four percent as uh as a guideline for when you signed it up yeah, exactly. We don't have a crystal ball and we can never predict when the market is going to have, you know, a, an upward blip. We always go off of, does this make sense for us as investors? And our goal is to make anywhere from 25% to 30% annually um, on our money net. And as long as we're getting that and as long as we're cash flowing, we really don't care about the, the the major blips because our goal is also to help another family. And if they end up getting equity as a result of completing the rent to own process, then, you know, we celebrate that win. Um, that's really what we're doing this for. So we have a benchmark of what it is we're trying to achieve. 
But if the tenant buyers end up getting some equity out of it in the long run, we're okay with that. That's why we do what we do. So, of course, we're not going to change the numbers. <laughs> we're <locked> in. Yeah. <laughs> but we also don't look at the blips. We work off of historical performance. And, uh, and they would also more than likely have no problem qualifying, or at least a lot less problem qualifying now when the time comes to purchase. Yeah, absolutely. We work with the tenant buyers to actually accumulate a higher than normal down payment. One of the things that was notable when we got started with a lot of the other rent owns is that the down payment accumulation process um, was not necessarily getting people in a position to qualify for financing because certain credit challenges haunt those tenant buyers for longer than the 36 month rent to own. So Mr. No said out of the gate that we need to target a much higher down payment credit and that has actually been um, essential in a lot of people exiting our rent-own process. We have a 90% success rate. If they make it to the finish line, they get a mortgage. If they don't make it to a finish line, that means they separated or got divorced. So the three of you have turned and held uh, an impressive sum of real estate, and you are all incredibly busy with your family lives and with 10 children between the three of you. Uh, can each of you maybe describe the first steps that you took starting out in your individual real estate journeys and maybe some of the secrets for your respective successes? I know that's a mouthful there, but I think we uh, got that all. Sure. Do you want me to start again, Rob? Sure. Uh, okay, so I, I first got started by accident, really. <laughs> Back in 2009, I really only knew a tiny bit about real estate. I think I'd read you know, rich dad, poor dad, and that's basically it. Um, and one day I went for a run and I went on a completely different route than I typically took. And I just happened to run by this really beautiful duplex in this really desirable part of Toronto. And I came home and I happily announced to my husband that we were going to buy a house. And, you know, it's really funny because I just, I still laugh when I think of of the look on his face. <laughs> He's like, what happened? You just went for a 45 minute run. Um, but with, even with our limited knowledge, we, we did buy, buy the house that day. Um, and it turned out to be one of the greatest decisions we ever made because when you fast forward a couple of years, we, we had this huge run up in appreciation that, um, all of us who are invested in great markets in Toronto um, have benefited from. So all of a sudden, we had all this access to a whole pile of equity. And I thought, oh, my gosh, if I was lucky enough to do that without hardly any knowledge, what would happen if I became a really serious student of real estate? Um, and because I have so many kids and I have one with a disability, like I felt this huge responsibility to steward the funds that I found in that equity wisely. So I wanted to be smart. I wanted to be a little bit more deliberate than say like going out for a run and buying a house, for example. So I started reading books. I went to meetups, I listened to podcasts, but I would say the single most important thing for me, like so my tips for getting started or um, was that I hired a coach who just happened to be Julie Broad, who I understand was on was your guest last week. Um, and I took her courses. Um, and if the truth be told, I'm a really nervous person by nature and I really needed 
something like her courses to chomp into to get some confidence. I, I needed to follow like this defined roadmap. I needed to read the chapters. I needed to get access to the tools. Um, and so I took her courses and it was that kind of beginning that, that really forced me into becoming an area expert, um, to get the confidence that I needed to move forward and take action. Um, in real estate with a focus on student rentals. And the great news is that, you know, that course and, and using coaching and Julie and having access to Julie and a coach, um, the amount of money I saved by potential errors and missteps that I would have taken had I not had access to information and to someone who was sort of further down the track than me. I mean, I just think it would have been tens and thousands of dollars of errors that were just waiting for me to do. So um, that certainly was my biggest tip and trick was to educate myself, get myself a coach, take some and to take courses because that's where a lot of the confidence came from. And so many money saving tips were gleaned that way for me. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I know Sandy does too. Both of us are avid, uh, avid, I guess, course takers, mm. quote unquote, course takers. I don't know. State learners. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, there's a great there's a great quote out there. It's and I know I'm gonna get it wrong, but it's something like if you want to double your income, triple your investment in yourself. That really everything that you want to create is gonna come from what you invest in yourself first. And there's nothing that I couldn't agree more with than that statement than investing in yourself to move yourself forward. Yeah, and it definitely was tough for me to realize that as well. It's not the kind of thing that you learn in uh, regular everyday life. Mm. You know, you've got to kind of train yourself to think that way. And it is a hard thing to do for a lot of people, but definitely well worth it. Yeah, absolutely. People have this inclination to want to hold on so tightly to their pocketbooks when they're learning because they're like, I'll spend more when I make more. But in fact, you'll make more when you invest in yourself first. It will come organically out of that. So it's just to take a breath and to trust that, investment in yourself is the most important thing you can do well let's keep up with our same order that we've been going with so uh monica yeah well i agree um i mean i think training is essential and i i know this because like i said when we started out we knew we had to do something um we were just surrounded by the books and you know i love reading i'm an avid reader and um, i was always fascinated with it but when you surround yourself with books well they don't answer you they give you the knowledge, but there's not, no discussion. There's no questions. There's no answers. You're just kind of stuck at that point. And at the end of the day, it's you in a room with a book. And, you know, like I said, it's just because of that silence, I guess. It was, and no one else was doing real estate around us. It just never felt achievable. And um, it just always felt, felt like it was just reserved for this special club. And one day it would happen when probably after I'm working full time and we had extra income. Um, until we finally did come across that that money from pulling equity from our home and doing a consolidated mortgage. And this was probably one of the first companies, Manualized One, who, who actually offered this product. So when our financial planner came to it, it just made all the difference. And from that point, I don't know what happened, but we hit the gas pedal and just bought a property and then bought two more immediately after in like a span of three months. We still didn't really know what we were doing. We had no mentorship at this point. And after that, we kind of looked at each other and said, okay, I think that we need to kind of 
get something under control here or get some sort of guidance because we didn't know about meetups or networking. We didn't know anyone investing in real estate. And um, so we did. We invested a lot of money in uh, real estate education, probably too much. And it was a great education as it taught us a system, but it cost too much. We didn't pay for it properly, a.k.a. we charged it, and there was no plan to pay back that charge, and these courses are very costly, and we learned too much. So we weren't focusing on one thing. We have done everything in real estate, and you know those tens of thousands of dollars that Jillian said she probably could have lost, well, up that to hundreds of thousands of dollars, we did lose. And we lost it by doing almost every investment strategy under the sun on our own accord. We didn't have a solid mentor because a lot of these courses, once again, they'll teach you the education, but there's no mentor. A three-day mentorship does not help you put a lot of these, these things in practice where you really should be mentoring someone or shadowing someone or do, do it with someone else a few times before you go out and you do it yourself. So right now we focus on buy, rent, hold, but, I mean, we've also done rent-to-owns. We've done student rentals. We've done flips, land development, commercial buildings, all different sort of stuff. Like any strategy you pretty much say, we, we've done it. So I, I can't agree more that if I could have a do-over, I would have started off with the education and the mentorship, surrounded myself with the networking groups, and um, went in with eyes wide open rather than just jumping off the cliff pretty much blindly, which I'm glad we did because sometimes the only thing worse than that is doing nothing at all. So I'm kind of glad we did it, but at the same time, um, hindsight is 2020, and I see the importance of a real strong mentorship and education um, prior to prior to doing it. And there's so many courses out there. You should be very, very selective over which course you pick. There's definitely a lot of shiny objects out there when it comes to different real estate investing strategies, and I am very guilty of that myself. I can't seem to focus, and uh, it's probably cost me money too. I'm sure it has. So uh, right now I'm trying to narrow down as well. It's That's very good advice because you can't chase everything all at once. Your mind is in too many places. Yeah. And if, you, if you're, um, you know, it's inevitable not to lose money. Learning is doing in real estate. And you are going to make mistakes. You know, it's, it's inevitable to not make mistakes. Unless you're shadowing someone from the start, um, it's inevitable you know, and at the end of it, like my husband and I looked, looked at ourselves and just said, we figured out what works for making all these mistakes and also let's help others minimize their risk and maximize their returns by sharing what works and then they don't have to go out and do this all on their own. Very good advice. Uh, Rachel. So, uh, of course, I agree with Jillian's and, and Monica's perspectives. Um, I kind of I got inspired, actually, after the kind of the Rich Dad weekend. I got inspired uh, by Julie Broad. Julie Broad came into my experience, which was great. And uh, I kind of started secretly um, following her and um, not stalking. I, <laughs> like I, <laughs> following her around town? 
<laughs> well, following her online, um, she was writing for Canadian Real Estate Wealth Magazine at the time. I think it was called something else, actually, just Canadian Real Estate Magazine. And um, she was working with some other ladies out of the U.S., and I took some of their webinars. So I, I was really inspired by what she was doing because I could relate to her path. She also kind of escaped the rat race. She was in a marketing career, and there was a lot of similarities. And I kind of thought, heck, she can do it. I can do it. And that really prompted me to kind of take the next step. And then I started going to meetups and um, hearing all the different types of people, the different you know, shiny objects, as you guys said, pursuing. And uh, I, I met a guy there and he at the time was one of the only people that had had any experience with rent-to-owns. I think he at the time said he had 20 rent-to-owns that he had done. And I thought, oh, great. So I kind of came up to him and introduced myself and made him an offer he can't refuse. <laughs> I basically said, you're going to teach me everything you know, and I'm going to pay you. Um, he didn't know, uh, you know, he didn't know what to say, but ultimately he agreed. So then Mr. No and I basically invested about over six months to train with this guy. And we would sit, you know, from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. a couple of times a week, sharing, you know, screens um, online and going through the rent own process. We learned step by step what he did, what was working, what wasn't working. And that's how we got confidence. We were, of course, in parallel reading books. And um, the books don't always teach you the how to. And then our, our kind of investment with the mentorship was great. It gave us a, a solid foundation. But then we had to go out and actually get the ROI on this education. And we started doing things. And that's where things kind of got a little bit shaky because there was really no one out there that was doing what we were doing. And it was difficult for us to gain a lot of momentum because we were conservative. We were, we lacked confidence and we didn't have a lot of support. So. We continued to, I guess, immerse ourselves in in the industry to get over the that kind of analysis paralysis and you know the the common reluctance you feel to should I or shouldn't I is this the right thing is this the wrong thing, so I'm I I think kind of taking action and constantly immersing myself in the company of other people that are going through the same thing or are further down the road than I am, which kind of helped us gain a little bit more confidence in what we were doing. All right. Awesome guys. So, uh, that's, um, obviously really good advice. I think Rob and I, Rob, can we agree? I was just talking with my mic muted. So <laughs> okay. I thought, I was like, why is nobody responding to me? <laughs> I was just saying, there seems to be a common theme there. Learn from somebody who's already done it before so you don't make the same mistakes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, you've all formed uh, this group now, Mothers of Real Estate. Tell us a little bit about why you decided to come together, form the group, and a, a little bit more about it. What's it all about? Certain, no problem. So, yes, we formed the Mothers of Real Estate because – or I guess at the same point of our journey in terms of our real estate investing career, we're at a point where we actually want to give back. We want to contribute and empower other people along their journey because we realize that we had some challenges along the way. And if we can help some people overcome those challenges quickly, that will allow them to propel forward faster. I mean, we started off by doing things like um, Monica runs the real property investments 
Finance Network Group, which is a meetup for real estate investors. Um, I also run a monthly meetup called the Thornhill Wealth Forum. Uh, you know, uh, Jillian and I have uh, been contributors to the Canadian Real Estate Wealth Magazine. Um, we're, you know, we're also presenters at various industry events, such as the Investor Forum. And all of this stuff is great and very fulfilling. But what we were, re- what we realized is that uh, people still need a system. People still need a recipe. And that's where the Julie Broad opportunity came up. Julie, in fact, selected um, very deliberately people across Canada that could be licensees of her seven-week online training program, which essentially allows newbies to go from confused to confident. Because I know from experience, being married to Mr. No, a confused mind always says no. And that was one of the things that paralyzed me. And then when we got, you know, started talking, Jillian, Monica and I, we realized, you know, this is such a great fit. So Julie actually selected us to take on extending the opportunity for newbies to benefit from the wonderful training that she created. And we decided to bring it under the umbrella of the Mothers of Real Estate community. And essentially, it's a community that helps people get started with a formula and with the necessary support. So they are supported all the way at every junction of their journey. Very cool. And we, we, we've talked about it before. I mean, we just had Julie on our last episode. I mean, she's she shared a lot about personal branding in that interview. Uh, we didn't talk a whole lot about her real estate side, but I mean, she's definitely a very successful real estate investor, author, TV appearances, etc., and Rob, I've taken a course with her. I think you have also, haven't you? I have, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, got to recommend her course. It's really good. Um, if anyone knows how to put together a course, especially for investors, I mean, she knows how to do it. So it's really cool that you guys are taking this on. Mm-hmm. Can you describe the course a little bit then, what you're offering a little bit for our listeners so they know what it's all about? Well, so so really, it's a seven-week online on-demand course, which is great, right? Because like everyone is really busy, right? Everyone has their lives. And um, we just find that, you know, having to commit to a seven week schedule on everyone else's time is tricky. So we're offering a seven week on demand course, you can take it whenever you want, you can spread it out over seven weeks, or you can do it all on a, you know, busy weekend, if you want to seclude yourself away. Um, So it's a seven week course. And it really basically just covers all the basics that any individual would need to go from completely confused, with no idea where to start to confident real estate investors. So, you know, you would start by creating an overall plan for yourself, then, you know, work on becoming an area expert, figuring out, you know, where are you going to go? Where are you going to invest your dollars? How are you going to select that market in which you're going to invest? But we also gives you give you the resources you need to select that area as well. So we give you property area grids and property comparison worksheets. Then we move through that whole phase. We help you pick up absolute power team. How do you find your realtor? How do you find a mortgage broker? How do you surround yourself with people who are going to make your deals possible, right? Then we take you through financing. Then 
you know, all the parts about creating a great deal, negotiating a great deal. How do you get the best results from your team? How do you maximize cash flow each month? So really there's an absolute system, a seven week system that we take you through that will cover off every aspect that you would need to know to get started. And then, and furthermore, and then we give you all the handouts that you would need as well. So if you need a cash flow calculator, you get a cash flow calculator. If you need a uh, market area grid or a property comparison worksheet, you get that too. Everything. You have absolutely everything at your disposal in our course. And then I guess now because the three of you are experts in uh, different areas, you'll be able to take somebody and whatever their interest is, one of you will be able to guide them along whichever way they want to go. Well, this is it. And I think that, you know, between Monica, Rachel and I, we really do have such a comprehensive view of the marketplace between the three of us. We really do have such a strong overview together. Absolutely. And is this course then for beginners or is it for who's who's it best for? I would say it's, it's more designed for the beginner investor. Right. So people who want to get started, they know they're interested, um, but they really want to arm themselves with a framework to follow to get going and how can uh, our listeners sign up for the course monica yeah well there's actually there's two ways to access the training so if you already have an experienced accountability partner in place to help you on your journey and are planning to do many deals quickly like the standard standalone course is always an option and it will give you the system that you need to get repeatable results. And we all know Julie is really good. She's the queen of systems. So it's almost like a proven recipe to investing in real estate, really. But, you know, there's also those other people who are just starting out and they might not have people in their, their network. They need more, need more of a mindset. Those people who need to be surrounded by like-minded people um, to support them should really consider joining the more community. So basically, you'll get Julie Broad's online course and ongoing support from the three of us to do your first or your next deal with um, more confidence. So whatever option you decide is right for you depends on where you are today. We know it's easier to find success when you have accountability partners and coaches in your back pocket. So there are two options, and you can get uh, details on both options. If you go to www.mothersofrealestate.com. Okay, so both of those options are on that site. Yes. Yes. Okay, great. Good. Well, thank you, guys. I really appreciate you coming on. We've learned uh, a whole lot, and uh, people can learn a whole lot more if they go over and sign up for that course that you guys are offering. And also, Sandy and I always put the links to everything in the show notes. So if you missed that or or uh, just don't know how to spell, I guess, you can look it up there and just click on the link and you'll be sent over and you can sign up from there. So thank you again, guys. I really appreciate you coming on tonight. This is awesome. Thanks so much thank for having you. us, guys. Yeah, yes, I love thank it. you, Sandy and Rob. This has been great. And Rob, it's, I really like having more than, like we don't have to do anything in these ones. <laughs> they, yeah, they, yeah, we can just sit back. Yeah. It's very nice, very easy. Great. Okay, thanks a lot again. Have a great night, guys. <laughs> thanks, thank guys. You. That was great. Thanks, 
that was said with some real enthusiasm, Sandy. Was it not? It was. Oh, it actually was. No, it was. Yeah. yeah. Good, because I don't think I can say <laughs> it again. I've lost losing my voice a bit. <laughs> I'm proud of you. 